What's going on? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It is heard live every day from noon to three on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content like invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with all the links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And again, thank you so much for your support. A lot has happened. Uh, so at 2 o'clock, I will uh, give you an update on what happened at the uh, the Murdoch trial on Friday because there's no trial today, but a really great uh, synopsis of, uh, of all of the evidence because the state rested. So we'll get to that. But first, somebody was not on the air today. It was Don Lemon. Don Lemon benched by CNN. <laughs> Uh, CNN sources told Confider, which is, I guess, some column at the DailyBeast.com, hardly a right-wing publication. Right, CNN sources told Confider that the – I love how they – by the way, this is one of those things that that drives me nuts, where these reporters refer to sort of the, the branded column as if it is a human entity, right? So, CNN sources told Confider, that's the name of the column, Confider. So they tell they told the column, or do they tell you? I, I would suspect they told you. You're the reporter. Anyway, CNN sources said that the network changed its Monday lineup to proceed without Don Lemon while conversations about Don's future are ongoing. Don Lemon will not appear. Uh, as his future on the show continues to be discussed at the highest levels, top men and women, top. That according to two people familiar with the matter. Lemon, who was forced to make a groveling apology, <laughs> a groveling apology. <laughs> That's not how I read it. Anyway, uh, on C- he had to apologize to CNN staffers on Friday after making offensive remarks about women and aging. Have you heard this? It, yeah, he was scheduled to anchor this morning alongside co-host Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins, um, but they changed the schedule yesterday afternoon and uh, sent that out. Uh, one of the quotes, there are ongoing conversations about Don's future. A person familiar with the matter told Confider he is a constant distraction is what they said. All right. So what happened? What did he say? Let's take a listen. It's only like 55 seconds long. Here. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley is in her prime. Sorry. All right. So he's responding to Nikki Haley's comments about <laughs> about uh, it's time for new leadership. And uh, we don't need like 80 year old uh, uh, people running for president uh, that are past their prime. Right. This is what Nikki Haley started. This is how she's branding her campaign, which makes sense. Right. I mean, she's she's going to be running against Trump and or Biden. Right. So why not make their age an issue? Much like it was made against uh, Ronald Reagan. Right. Now, I'm not I don't know if it's going to work or not, but that's how she's uh, th- that was part of how she's positioned herself um, for the primary. So Don Lemon says that. uh Haley, talking about age, quote, makes me uncomfortable. This is what he said. Nikki Haley talking about age makes Don Lemon uncomfortable. I should point out Don Lemon is older than Nikki Haley by like five years. 
So that's how he starts this this series of comments, which when you watch the video, you can see his co-hosts are stunned that these words are coming out of his mouth. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley is in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you talk about? That's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. I don't necessarily. Forties. Oh, so I got it. I'm not decade. saying I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that. Well, you know, politicians aren't I in their think prime. We need, need to qualify. To are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are you don't talking don't shoot about the message prime for being president? What the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime according to Google Google or whatever it is. Google. Right. She would not be in her. First off, kudos to Miranda Devine at the New York Post for pointing out like the pretty obvious first question you should have when hearing this, which is, why are you Googling that question? Right. Who who gets on to the well, you know what? Hang on a second. Maybe we should. Maybe we should Google this. Let me go over to Google, get off of my DuckDuckGo account here, and let's go over to Google. Oh yes, start tracking me with everything. Thank you very much. Okay. When is a woman in her prime? Question mark. Most women are in their prime after the age of 50, according to primewomen.com. So he's wrong. <laughs> I had no idea that that was going to be the result. That's the top result, and Google would never lie. And it's from a website called primewomen.com. All right, so that's the first question you should have. Why exactly are you Googling this term? We all, I mean, the obvious answer here is that, of course, he did not Google this question. Of course, he's not Googling it. This is what he thinks. He's just saying this and saying, Google it, as if, like, this appeal to the higher authority is working. Because if you want to run for president, do you know how old you have to be to run for president, anybody? On this President's Day. 35. 35, exactly. Chris Farrell, exactly. 35 years old, which would give women what? Like a five-year window here. That's what you got. Sorry, ladies, I don't make these rules. Don Lemon did. A gay man, by the way. I would point this out only because I think it it might be kind of relevant that he's saying that women, and I guess he would know for some reason, when women are in their prime, he knows, as a gay man, he knows, and it's apparently 20s and 30s, uh, and then maybe the 40s. So you have a very tight window here, and you can't run for president in the 20s and half of the 30s, so you got to wait. Sorry, ladies. I don't make the rules here. (laughs) This is so dumb. So they benched him. So they benched him. CNN's CEO, Chris Licht, rebuked Lemon on Friday for the remarks about 51-year-old Nikki Haley being past her prime, saying they had left him disappointed. Quote, his remarks were upsetting. Really? Upsetting? Upsetting? Maybe Okay, well, maybe not to Chris Licht, maybe to somebody else, maybe to his uh, uh, Lemon's colleagues. It was unacceptable and was unfair to his co-hosts and ultimately a huge distraction to the great work of this organization. They had a 9 a.m. editorial call where he made these comments and uh, apparently they do readouts of the call. And that was also obtained by Confider. 
Quote, I'm sorry I didn't mean to hurt anyone. I did not mean to offend anyone. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm sorry I didn't mean to hurt anyone. I did not mean to offend anyone. But he said some, he said some more. Because the original reporting on this, he said, wait, first he went on to Twitter and he said, the reference I made to a woman's prime this morning was inartful and irrelevant. What does inartful mean? What does inartful mean? Right? Miranda Devine. Right? She also uh, points this out. Inartful and irrelevant. Inartful means awkwardly expressed, but not necessarily untrue. Right? You just didn't say it the right way. I'm sorry. I meant to say you're washed up in a very, in a non-offensive way. I meant to say like there's, you know, you know life isn't worth living after a certain point in a much nicer non-offensive way to you based purely on your your gender. <laughs> this is, it was inartful. This is unbelievable. But not really. If you've caught a glimpse of any of Don Lamont's uh, actions and antics over the years, it's probably not that unbelievable. So they benched him. They benched him. Meanwhile, Diane Feinstein, not aware she's benching herself. Alrighty, so uh, Don Lemon apologizes first uh, on the Twitter machine uh, and uh, then uh, on a conference call with all of his colleagues. And he said on that call, when I make a mistake, I own it. And I own this one as well. I understand why you are upset and disappointed. I was trying to make the point that no one's age should define their ambition or potential for success. And I was saying those comments to Nikki Haley. And then he said, I'm going to continue to be who I am. Huh. That kind of irked some of his female colleagues, apparently, according to the Confider column at the Daily Beast. Sorry, actually, it's not called the Confider. It's called Confider. Anyway, um, yeah, so this is almost like a uh, sorry if you're offended kind of apology. I do find it interesting that he's he's attacking Nikki Haley. He's saying, I'm saying to Nikki Haley that age should not define your ambition because Nikki Haley said, we probably shouldn't have 80-year-olds running for president. I'm a new generation. And so, and she's like, there should be like mental competency testing of people over a certain age in office or something. I think she made that proposal. I mean, she's making age a thing. So is there some ageism uh, involved in her political attacks against, you know, Biden and Trump? I guess so. Maybe so. Just like there was some sexism in Don Lemon's defense of octogenarians. Which is weird because he's saying that women are past their prime, which is also kind of ageism. <laughs> so I'm trying to imagine a scenario where where you where you uh, come to the defense of the aged by engaging in ageism. It's very <laughs> it's very confusing uh, to all. Much like Diane Feinstein, is it Feinstein or Feinstein? I don't I think it's Feinstein. Feinstein? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so the other day I noticed this is she was asked she was asked during a brief interview with Raw Story on Capitol Hill and rawstory.com is the uh, website. Uh, so she was asked if she's going to be making an announcement about retiring from the Senate. And she says, oh no, I'm not announcing anything. I will one day She's 89 years old, 
And about an hour after her, uh, she said that, her office then released a statement saying she's not seeking re-election. <laughs> so she was asked and said, no, I'm, I'm not announcing anything. I will one day. And then an hour later, her staffers are like, I am announcing today I will not run for re-election in 2024, but intend to accomplish as much for California as I can through the end of next year when my term ends. In January, she told Ross Story that she would not make her decision until 2024, potentially a year away. Then she backtracked, saying she would announce sometime this spring. Two Democratic lawmakers, Congressman Adam Schiff and Katie Porter, have already announced they will run for Feinstein's seat next year. So they already knew, right? You would not challenge the sitting uh, senior U.S. senator in your own party, right? You would not do that unless they knew ahead of time. So, or they were, they were banking on it. Right. But I'm just, I mean, it, 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 it's good, right? It's good that she's not running. I like, I, I say, I said the same thing about Chuck Grassley, like clear the way, let some other people take a shot at it. You know, I don't necessarily object to somebody being older when they run, but at some point, like, you're just you, you've created like a jam, a traffic jam, and you don't get any fresh ideas and new blood in there, and and then people are moving around like under uh, like for example, and this is really just about incumbency. It's not even really age because you could run for the very first time, like Donald Trump did, right? He ran in his seventies. That was the first time he's ever run for an office. So you can run later in life. That's fine, but mine is like the the term limit aspect to it. Like just make some room. Let somebody else have it. I know I say that as a Gen Xer. There's a lot going on there. I know. There's a lot of baggage. All right. So uh, then there's this. Some uh, progressives are uh, running a campaign against Joe Biden. Hours after their party defied political history and won a sweeping midterm victory in the Granite State, New Hampshire Democrats started getting a new message on their phones. Dump Joe Biden. Texts from the Don't Run Joe campaign started hitting New Hampshire numbers before all the votes were even counted. In 2022, after November's election, they were getting these uh, robocalls or, or texts urging local Democrats to sign a petition asking Biden to not run for president in 2024. The effort is being led by the progressive group Roots Action which spent 2020 working to convince left-wing voters to back Joe Biden's bid for the presidency. Now they say it's time for Democrats to embrace a true progressive. Quote, unfortunately, President Biden has been neither bold nor inspiring, they said in a statement, and his prospects for winning re-election appear to be bleak, with so much at stake, making him the Democratic Party's standard bearer in 2024 would be a tragic mistake. I don't know about tragic, but Norman Solomon, co-founder of Roots Action, told the Hill dot uh, the Hill TV um, that by, that voter uh, that uh, voters want Biden to get out of the way so a more progressive candidate can take his place. This is not the first time that the uh, left wing of the party has targeted an incumbent president, right? Dump Johnson, nineteen sixty seven which led anti-war candidates Eugene McCarthy and Robert Kennedy to enter the race. Maybe it'll happen again. 
All right, uh, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Got this email to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. It's from Stanley, and he says, At least Don Lemon thought it was possible for women to be in their prime in their 30s and maybe 40s, as he said. Leonardo DiCaprio thinks they're past their prime by age 24. That's... It seems to be the case. It does... Okay, uh, Rick, welcome to the program. Hello, Rick. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Uh, Diane Feinstein, she came out of a committee meeting uh, last week, and she was asking her staff uh, if she had voted and what she had voted for. She could not remember if she had voted or what she had voted for. Hmm. And it was picked up by the media, uh, which was, you know, not reported obviously, mm-hmm. but she could not remember if she had voted or even what she had voted for. They had to tell her she had voted. Well, right, I mean, this is the, right, and this is the thing, when you use age as a shorthand for uh, mental acuity or competency, and that's not always fair. I mean, look, obviously when you when most people get to be 89 years old, if they do live right. to be that, that old, um, they will have, yes, they will have some declining mental competency right that's that's natural that's science right but does yeah but does it prevent you from doing your job that's the that's the key um that is exactly right and and to think that she is one of the leaders of our nation and and at that point there is a declining point that you know your cognitive ability is just beyond what you can do right well this was the yeah go ahead sorry and and what Nikki Haley is saying is that she just wants folks to be tested. She doesn't say they can't run, they're not competent. She just wants them to be tested to make sure that they are proficient, that they are reliable for what they're going to do. That's all she's saying, that they're, they're not, you know, void of, of running. Right, I, but I think, well, yeah, and I think that's the, we, that is up to us to determine as voters, I think. Right. And, and if you don't want to look, I had this position with um, Strom Thurmond. It was the first time I could vote and he was running for reelection to his like 7000th term or something. And uh, I said, I, I, I can't vote for the guy because he he's obviously not in control of his faculties. And uh, and, and I mean, I understand he's a long serving senator, but, you know, your st- his staffers are running the operation and that's not cool. So. Um, I w- and that's what, that's what I, I view uh, Diane Feinstein as well. Right. And, and I think, you know, um, whether you agree with her or not agree with her, you know, politically, she's been there a long time. Mm-hmm. Picture, and it, the folks in California, whether I like them or not, deserve better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I appreciate the call, Rick. I, All right. Thanks. Yeah, you too. Um, yeah, I I agree. Like I've I've made the comment before. Like there comes a point when you're 89 years old. Like Chuck Grassley, I, I said this about Chuck Grassley. I mean, he still seems very sharp mentally, but step step aside. Let somebody else have a shot. <laughs> I mean, really, it, you've been there for so long, man. And I like Chuck Grassley. Um, speaking of getting benched, it is now. Uh, I came across this uh, article over at, uh, what is this called? QC Nerve, which as I understand it is the, used to be the creative loafing uh, uh, weekly, alternative weekly publication, right? Um, 
but then they got shut down. They, they closed down, and then they started this other uh, outlet. Anyway, um, they put out a story about uh, our, uh, well, what we have been discussing for a while, over the, like two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago, roughly, um, I pointed out that uh, 7 p.m., public meeting, taking public comment, is not the legislature uh, jamming something through in the, quote, cloak of night, right? Went through that story, and the uh, the woman who made that comment, who said it was cloak of night, then proceeded to threaten to call me a racist uh, and a homophobe, I think, and then did call me those things, and then got very uh, vulgar and, and disgusting with, like, explanations of sex acts that she wanted committed on her, which... Doesn't seem anatomically possible, but uh, anyway, uh, she eventually uh, deleted those offensive tweets, and she then uh, apparently got fired. So she got fired. This came to light on Wednesday. And this according to the uh, Queen City Nerve, QCNerve.com uh, piece by Ryan Pitkin. It came to light on Wednesday that longtime Charlotte-based organizer Christy Puckett-Williams most recently the deputy director of engagement with the ACLU of North Carolina has been fired from that organization following a Twitter argument with local conservative radio host, Pete calendar. By the way, <clears throat> my uh, phone number here is a seven Oh four five seven Oh 11 10 case. The reporters at uh, QC nerve would ever like to talk to me. Like you could you uh, my email Pete at the Pete calendar show.com. I'm on Twitter. I know they know I'm on Twitter because one of them tagged me. With uh, with another vulgar and disgusting uh, a, uh, amendment to uh, Ms. Williams's uh, original tweets, but uh, no, uh, she was not fired because of anything I did or said. I had nothing to do with her being fired. I, in fact, said I'm not calling for her to be fired. That's not the point. It took two weeks, roughly two weeks, from that original interaction with her. For her to be fired. Ask yourself, if you're a reporter, really wish reporters would remember to start asking the why question. There are, like, you got the who, the what, the when, the where. You need the why. Ask why more often. Ask why it took so long to, to fire her. Ask why the ACLU hasn't put out a statement. Ask why. The ACLU originally stood behind Puckett-Williams after the Twitter spat, during which she told Callender to perform this sex act, but has since capitulated to right-wing groups like the John Locke Foundation, which called, her, uh, called for her firing following the online interaction earlier this month. Okay, this might be hard to understand for people of the left when you are just sort of in that echo chamber. If you think that the John Locke Foundation, or even me, which again, I explicitly said, I am not calling for her to be fired because I would like her to remain the, the voice of the ACLU up, on, uh, up in Raleigh, lobbying lawmakers. I would, that's good for me because generally speaking, the ACLU has lost its mind. So the, the fewer things they could get done, I'm good with. <laughs> right? So please leave her in place. But they did not. Ask why. I got a good idea why. I have a much better idea why than what this article says. Where are they getting this information from? They're getting it from Williams, who apparently has talked to a couple of her old colleagues. And that's because she's 
she's saying this stuff on Twitter. So that's what they're going by. Again, never contacted me. Apparently, they did not uh, contact the ACLU either. Don't have a statement from them. This is not really journalism, guys. This isn't really reporting. They have capitulated to right-wing groups like the John Locke Foundation. What what right-wing groups are you talking about? Who are the groups? Plural. There was one editorial written about it. There were two articles written about it. And in fact, the lack of coverage, right, this is funny, that the lack of coverage is then cited as why it wasn't a big deal. The fact that, and this is why I got frustrated with uh, uh, North Carolina political press, these media companies, WRAL, the McClatchy Papers, right, people that cover this stuff, and I'm going to give you a really good counterpoint here in, in a moment. The, the people that tend to cover these things, right, they, they, they focus all this attention. They swarm to a story. They amplify a particular story, right, which is why I said this, this woman has privilege, leftist privilege, because she gets to say this stuff and she doesn't get all of the, the coverage that somebody else would get. And then by not covering the story, the leftist media gets to point out, like QC Nerve, they'll point out, well, it didn't get a lot of, uh, it only got coverage in you know conservative circles, that this was what drove the coverage. Yeah, because you guys didn't cover anything, because the News and Observer didn't cover any of this. WRAL ignored it. Uh, so QCNerve.com, <clears throat> they've got a story on uh, the uh, the firing now of the ACLU of North Carolina, their lobbyist and their deputy director of engagement, a woman by the name of Christy Puckett-Williams, and... Um, they did not fire her over the, uh, over the vulgar, grotesque, sexually charged tweets. That's not why they fired her. Now, they did make her delete the tweets. That, that was apparent. See, this is the problem when you rely on her to tell you the story and then just print that as fact because you like her. I read your tweets. You've known her for years. You worked with her in the streets and the protests and all that and activism and such. Fine. And she told you a story and you printed it as truth. And it's not true. It's not. You could tell what happened. If you piece it together, you took the time, as I did, you could you could see what happened. Just monitor the Twitter feeds. And you can see it. it's like the Matrix, you know, once you see it. They didn't fire her over the exchange with me. She blocked me long before any actions were taken, and I didn't say anything to her that would warrant her to behave as she did, and her behavior also was then replicated out towards other people. The uh, the partners that the ACLU has, it's not the John Locke Foundation. I would be surprised. I would be really surprised if the John Locke Foundation was the reason why the, uh, Christy Puckett-Williams got fired. <clears throat> I, I submit... It's not that. I submit it's the Carolina Journal article that quoted Marsha Mori. Marsha Mori is a retired judge, former judge in Wake County, Democratic lawmaker. And somebody, uh, Dave Larson, I believe, got, her, got a quote from her to play the game defend or disavow, which is the game that is always played against the right whenever somebody does something, says something, tweets something, everybody goes rushing out to play the defend or disavow, D or D. 
Nobody plays that for leftists. See. But Carolina Journal played it and got Marsha Mori to make the comments. And I suspect that that's really at the heart of it when coupled with the attacks that uh, Christy Puckett Williams made and and whipped up her four followers to to uh, participate with her in attacks on the ACLU on Twitter. That's what occurred in the run up before her firing. That's what got her fired. I suspect the the lack of support that she got from the wider you know Democratic uh, establishment, but also that she started attacking their own. She she started leading people against the ACLU. She's still doing it, by the way. She's still doing it. Attacking them as not really caring about free speech. You guys aren't real allies to the cause and all of this. For like a week, she did it. You don't get to attack. I went over this last week, but again, then she has a, uh, oh, right, before I get back to that, let me give you the, uh, I'll give you the, uh, the counterpoint. Richard Hudson, congressman, Republican, about three hours ago, 948, he tweeted, quote, Recession is when your neighbor loses his job. <clears throat> Depression is when you lose yours. And recovery is when Jimmy Carter loses his. End quote, Ronald Reagan. Wise words to remember this President's Day. That's what he tweeted. I don't know if it was a scheduled tweet. I don't know who sent it out, if it was actually him. I don't know. But because Jimmy Carter is in hospice, guess what's happening right now? Yeah. People are savaging him, and the folks at the McClatchy Papers, they're out there amplifying the tweet. They're out there promoting it. Look at this. I can't believe he would say such a thing. I find it to be in poor taste. Absolutely. My prayers go to the Carter family. I find it to be in poor taste. If this was the intent, if he wanted to to say this because, well, you know, Jimmy Carter's in hospice, so let me say this, that's not necessary. Be better than that. I don't if you don't hear me talk about somebody when they die it's because I probably don't have very nice things to say about them and so I don't say them because why speak ill of the dead right why their family just lost their loved one just let them be but note the difference in the coverage I understand he's a congressman and Williams is just you know some lobbyist for the ACLU but one gets covered one gets ignored and then when you ignore that coverage, then people say, well, you know, this is just something that the right wing pushed. The right wing would not have gotten her fired. The right wing is not that powerful. The right wing is not powerful enough to get the ACLU to fire its lobbyists. Give me a break. And then fi- go back to the Queen City nerve story. She says in this statement to them, although last week there appeared to be an understanding and agreement about a pathway forward, Something obviously changed. What? What changed? That's the question. I'll tell you what changed. You started attacking the ACLU, your employer. And you started attacking Marsha Mori because she got quoted in the Carolina Journal as saying that your comments were disgusting and, and vile and vulgar, which they were. You got yourself fired. Nobody else. I didn't. Most assuredly was not me. Because ACLU doesn't care what I think. (laughs) 